Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Hey there and happy Easter. This message was proclaimed by Pastor Kim Peterson at the Easter Vigil this past weekend. She took a creative approach to telling the resurrection story, and she does it from the voice of Mary Magdalene. I hope that you enjoy this creative retelling of that first Easter morn. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. After a week of getting ready for the holidays and all the running back and forth and all the cleaning and all the preparations, I am just done in and, oh, there's a lot of you out there. I'm sorry, let me start over. Hi, everyone. I'm Mary. You can call me Magdala, though. That's what everyone calls me because, to be honest, there are a lot of Marys running around these days. That's not my name, of course, that's the town I'm from, but that's what everyone calls me. Well, everyone except him, of course, he always called me by my true name. In fact, just now when I saw him, I, but I'm getting ahead of myself. You see, I am very excited. Would you like to know why? Sure. <laughs> Wonderful, because I was going to tell you anyhow. <laughs> I just I have to start at the beginning Life wasn't always so amazing for me. Like I said, I came from Magdala. It's a nice town. It's on the Sea of Galilee. It's small, but pretty. But you know how small towns can be. People talk. I bet they don't ever talk in a congregation like this. And people talked a lot about me because I had a problem. Well, more specifically, I had seven problems. Because some people get possessed by one demon, but not me, I get seven. And the rabbis always say that seven is the sacred number of perfection and completion. And let me tell you, they're right because I was completely possessed by demons. And it turns out when you're possessed by demons, people don't want to be around you very much. People tried to help me, but when nothing worked, They avoided me. You'd think that demon possession was contagious or something. Everyone but him. Everyone but Yeshua. That's Jesus to you. Because the day he came, he saw me, and he said my name. He said, Mary. He saw past my demons. He saw past my shame, and he simply said my name, and he drove them out, and he gave me back everything. He gave me back my identity. He gave me back my life. And so how could I help but follow him? And of course, it wasn't just me. There were others, too. Peter and James, Judas. And of course the women, Joanna and Susanna and the rest and other men, we followed him all throughout the Galilee. We walked where he walked. We went where he went. And then this year, 
We went down to Jerusalem for the Passover, and that's where things started to get weird. I mean, weirder than they normally are when you hang out with Yeshua. Because as we approached Jerusalem, we found out that our friend Lazarus had died. And before we'd even had time to mourn, Yeshua raised him back to life and we rejoiced. And then we were entering the city and there was this huge triumphal entry. And Yeshua was in the center of it and the people were yelling, Hosanna. And so we thought, now, now is the time that people will recognize that Yeshua is the Christ that Yeshua is the Messiah, that Yeshua has come to save us. It was our moment of glory. And then it all went so quickly wrong. Because then the rumors started. Turns out that large towns talk too. And the rumors were, were wild. They were that Yeshua was a wanted man, that he was in cahoots against the emperor, that he was going to tear down the temple like one man could even do that. And Yeshua himself suddenly started going on about his death. And we didn't know what was going on, but with Passover coming, we cleaned our homes and we prepared, and Jesus and the disciples went into the upper room and they shared supper together. And then they went to the garden up on Olive Hill and they prayed. And in that moment of stillness, the soldiers came. And with them came Judas. Judas, who had seen Yeshua in action. Judas, who was our brother, and he betrayed him with a kiss. And the guards took him and they tried him, and they crucified him, and I mean, you've all seen a crucifixion. It's not like I have to explain it to you. They're all over these days, on the roads, up on Skull Hill. It's the way the Romans punished traitors, and that's what they accused our Yeshua of. They got him on a trumped-up charge of insurrection. And then suddenly, suddenly all of us were co-conspirators. It was terrifying. We didn't know what to do. Almost everyone fled. Peter was accused, rightly, of being his follower, and he denied Yeshua. Peter, the one whom Yeshua called the rock, denied him. But truth be told, we were all afraid. And as the crowd dispersed, they hid. Maybe some of them even hid in the crowd that exclaimed, crucify him. But when they hid, I, some of the other women, and the disciple whom Jesus loved, we marched up Skull Hill and we walked beside him and we saw him carry his cross, and we saw the way he was beaten, and we saw the way he was mocked, and we saw 
the way the soldiers divided up his clothes and we saw him on the cross and we heard him say it was finished. It is finished. And then he died. And then in an instant, all our hopes and all our dreams shattered. But it turns out when bad things happen, there's still work that needs to be done. The dead don't bury the dead, you know. And so with the help of Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathena, we got a tomb, we prepared the body as best we could before Passover started, before the sun set, and we laid the body in the tomb and we sealed the stone, and we went home to mourn everything, everything. The next morning, as Passover ended on the third day, before the sun rose, I went back out to the tomb. I don't really know what I thought I was going to do. It's not like he was going to come back thought maybe if I could just be close to his body, maybe it would feel like, like somehow he was still there, or if nothing else, I could be by myself and shout out to Adonai, why, how did you let this happen? How did you let things go so terribly wrong? But then when I arrived, the stone that the soldiers had moved in front of the tomb was rolled away, and I panicked. Because who would do such a thing? Who disrupts a grave? Had they moved the body? Had they taken it away for some reason? And so in my panic, I didn't know what to do, and so I ran back to the disciples. I ran and I got Simon Peter. I got the disciple whom Jesus loved in their hiding spot. And they must have had the same fear because they ran back with me, and they too saw the stone had been rolled away. And they went up to it and they looked inside and they told me that all they saw were burial cloths and that they didn't have any explanation for what was happening. They didn't understand, you see, because Jesus had told us that he would die and return on the third day, but we didn't think he meant it literally. <laughs> no one does that. Once you're dead, you're dead. Well, except for Lazarus, but he had Yeshua to resurrect him, and Yeshua himself was gone, so who was left? It was impossible. And so with no hope, and with Roman officials still hot on our tails, Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved returned home, and I lost it. I wept. I didn't just weep. I sobbed. I cried the tears of someone who had lost everything. Because once again, I was alone. Again. And this time, no one was coming to my rescue. And as I sobbed, I looked into the tomb. And... <laughs> It's wild, you're not going to believe me, but I hope you'll believe me because it's true. I promise it was because inside the tomb, there wasn't just one person, there were 
two, and they weren't just any old people. They were messengers from God, one at the head of where the body would have laid and one at the foot. And I stood there in shock and awe, and they looked at me and said, Woman, why are you weeping? And at that moment, I wasn't in any condition to come up with a sassy answer, and so I told the truth. I said, they have taken my Lord, and I do not know where he is. And at that moment, I felt the presence of someone behind me, and I spun around, and there he was, a single figure. I thought he was the gardener. The gardener. But he looked at me, and he said, Woman, why are you weeping? For whom do you look? And thinking he might have some idea where the body went, I said, please, sir, if you have taken the body, please just tell me where it is, and, and I'll go, I'll go and tend to it, I'll go and take care of it. And in that moment, my world changed. Because he looked at me, and he said one simple word, Mary. Not Magdala, not demon-possessed, not outcast. Just my name, my real name, Mary. He said it without scorn. He said it without anger. He said it full of compassion and love and mercy. Mary. And with that simple word, the world changed because I recognized it. It was Yeshua. Yeshua, the Son of Man. Yeshua, the Son of God. Yeshua, who knew me, even when I did not know him, even when I barely knew myself. Yeshua, who was present, even when I thought he wasn't there. Yeshua, who had died whose body I had prepared, but Yeshua, who had conquered the grave, who had beaten death. Yeshua won. Yeshua returned, because love and life win. Because death, you have no victory. Death, you have no sting, because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.